This podcast from Teacher is supported by Enhanced TV. Enhanced TV streams the best curriculum-linked movies, documentaries and TV shows Australian television has to offer. Use the word TEACHER in the promo code at sign up and receive an ongoing free individual account. Subscribe free at enhancedtv.com.au today. From Teacher Magazine, I'm Rebecca Vukovic, and you're listening to an episode of The Research Files. My guest today is Parsi Salberg, a professor of education policy at the Gonski Institute for Education at UNSW Sydney. He joins me to discuss the ongoing research project he's been working on that explores how the widespread use of media and digital technologies is impacting the well-being, health and learning of Australian children. The findings have been published in the Growing Up Digital Australia Phase 1 Technical Report, co-written with Dr Amy Graham, a research fellow at the Gonski Institute. To give you a bit of a snapshot, the first phase of the study asked teachers and school principals to compare what they are observing in their schools and classrooms regarding students' use of media and digital technologies to what was happening three to five years ago. A total of 1,876 respondents completed the survey, three quarters of them were female, and for the most part, respondents were experienced educators with 48% of the sample having more than 20 years teaching experience. Half of the respondents were classroom teachers, 30% were principals, and the remainder were involved in early childhood settings, school administration, and temporary teaching positions. In our interview, we delve deep into the findings to come from the study, and Parsi shares his insights into how digital technologies impact a child's readiness to learn in the classroom. Let's get started. Professor Parsi Salberg, thanks for joining Teacher Magazine. Thank you very much for having me. To begin, could you give listeners a brief overview of who was involved in this study? Yeah, we, uh, we initially distributed the survey to uh, our Gonski Institute for Education database members that represents about 2,000 teachers and schools and principals, uh, mostly here in New South Wales, but across the country, uh, really. So we, we uh, invited school leaders, teachers and educators um, and school admini- administrators to, to um, be part of this, uh, this uh, study. During the um, during the data collection, we also used what people call snowballing. In other words, that we invited uh, other organisations and and our colleagues to invite people to take part in this survey. So, so we eventually, when we had a, reached about two thousand responses, we decided to close the survey um, and and keep it that way. Uh, people need to keep in mind that the the growing up digital Australia study that we are talking about here. Um, is part of the growing up digital global, uh, as we call it, that was first done in uh, Alberta, Canada a few years ago. So we, we are following the similar type of procedures in, in data collection and analysis as well. Yeah, so could you explain briefly how you actually went about conducting the study? 
Well, as I said, this is because this is part of the international uh, study that started uh, about five years ago. Where I was that time um, a visiting professor at Harvard University in the United States. So we, we started to work on this study with our medical school at Harvard and Alberta Teachers Association in Canada. Um, and uh, the methodology that we are using now in this study was developed then by the our Harvard, my Harvard colleagues and the Albertan um, educators, um, teachers and, and researchers as well. So we're using a the typical um, survey, uh, Qualtrics online uh, questionnaire that was aimed at the school staff, teachers and principals, primarily inclu including preschools here. Um, and it's a mix of questions using the Likert scale, but we also had open-ended questions that allowed teachers to speak a little bit about what they what they really see in school. I think it's also important to mention that this this is a first phase of the study that is really uh, concentrating on collecting uh, views and data from Australian classrooms as seen by uh, by teachers, educators uh, over there, and we will have. We will have much more data coming later on, but this that we are talking about now is um, is really uh, you know focusing on the kind of a putting the teachers and educators lens on this phenomenon that we are looking at. Yes, and I will ask you a little bit more about phase two and three later. But the report says we need better research to inform deeper understandings of how media and digital technologies affect children's lives, learning, and well-being. I'm wondering, was this the motivation for conducting the study in the first place? Uh, yeah, this was definitely the motivation to start the, the Growing Up Digital study in, uh, in Canada a few years ago, when we realised that, that children are spending a growing amount of time every day with uh, different types of screens and technology and media, but there was a very little uh, research done about you know how this is affecting um, young people's their their well-being and health and 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 certainly learning um i i think what we want to to stress here is that we are dealing with a very complex thing this is similar to trying to argue you know this long argument in the health um, among health people that what is the link between cigarette smoking and lung cancer and we still cannot prove there's still no evidence that that cigarette smoking actually causes lung can cancer but we can the health experts are saying that there's about 80 to 90 percent risk factor for the heavy smokers to get lung cancer at some point of their lives. And this is a similar thing here that the research is not able to, and our, our research certainly is not able to show that if, you, if children use a lot of uh, media and digital technologies that they would be suffering from some of these consequences that we are able to show in this research. But you know, we, we, uh, the, the reason why we wanted to do the study here in Australia, first of all, is that the findings in Alberta a few years earlier in Canada, in a, in a fairly similar situations and circumstances, were uh, very interesting and they were very well received by educators and families as well, and young people themselves. So we thought that when we have the, the data instruments and the design available, when I came here, couple of years ago to Australia that this this is one of the studies I definitely want to do here and the Konski Institute and the University of New South Wales have been really um, keen to to support these things so that's why we, we, we simply want to contribute to this debate on uh, about how the increasing 
use of media and and digital technologies is affecting young people's uh, well-being, health, identity and eventually learning. That's a big question that we are exploring here that can we can we establish a, a better understandable connection between uh, you know how much and how 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 children uh, use technology and how it's affecting their eventually their learning in school. Yeah, and I'd like to go into some of those findings now. The first issue I'd like to delve into is the way that these digital technologies are impacting students' social and emotional competencies, including their ability to form and maintain relationships. I'm going to read out a few statistics to come from this study. When asked to compare the situations in their schools today to what they were three to five years ago, 95% of teachers say that the number of students with emotional challenges has increased. 92% say that the number of students with social challenges has increased. And 88% say that the number of students who need behaviour support has increased. So I'm wondering then, what impact does this have on a child's readiness to learn? Yeah, that's a great question, really. And, um, you, you know, the, the interesting thing that we found in this study is that the, <clears throat> the proportion of, of children uh, that come to school uh, with emotional, social um, and behavioural challenges, um, as seen by teachers and educators in Alberta and, and here in Australia, uh, is very similar. So we are talking about the growing trend, uh, increasing number of, of children who are somehow at risk when they come to school. So it's not just the Australian uh, thing. This seems to be the same thing in Canada as well. Um, I think the common sense, uh, if you're a teacher, you probably agree that, that you know, if you have a lot of children who don't feel good in terms of their emotional situation or feelings or, or social um, uh, connections with your peers and, and, and other people in the school, or if you cannot control, control your behaviours, you know, learning becomes harder. And we also know from research uh, how important the engagement, uh, student engagement is for successful uh, learning. And, you, you know, this is what we are looking at and seeing here from the, from the um, uh, perspective of um, Australian teachers, that the um, many teachers in this study, that they, they question how much deep learning really is is possible in the classrooms when the children were unhappy or when when they are tired or when they don't feel good with themselves um or they cannot manage their their own behaviors or they have difficulties or conflicts with their with their friends so i i think the the this points to um kind of a declining self regulation and self control uh, among young people and uh, uh, increasing uh, anxiousness and uh, and uh, overall the kind of a declining well-being that is well reported in other studies and, and data here in Australia. So I think, you know, if the kids are not, if they don't feel good with themselves or if not, if, if everything is not all right, then uh, engaging well in, uh, in uh, what what teachers and and the school is expecting them to do or what they what the the parents are expecting them is getting harder and harder and this is exactly what this study is uh, is showing yeah because i would like to talk now a little bit about families because in this study you were interested in finding out which children are caught up in that digital divide and whether family circumstances get in the way of children having the same opportunities with technology 
Of course, this issue is being talked about more than ever as schools navigate the move to online learning in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. In your study, what insights did teachers offer regarding this digital divide? Yeah, you know, this is one of those questions that was not included in the Canadian version of the Growing Up Digital Study, but we wanted to do this because understanding uh, inequity or inequalities in Australian context in education is uh, is one of those things that the Konsky Institute is really, uh, really doing. Uh, you know, 20, 20 years ago, we had uh, the, the term digital divide referred to um, the, the kind of a gap between those people who have a connection to the internet and everything that comes through that and those who didn't. Now we live in a time here in Australia and and uh, and you know a big part of the world where where practically or mo- most people and most young people have some sort of connection to the internet. So the digital divide is not anymore whether you have access to the internet. The the, the problem now is that and that's what we see very well now in during this uh, pandemic uh, situation when the most of the schools and most of our children have been studying at home using different types of digital platforms is that um, not everybody has the same type of connection the connectivity is a very different uh, different thing although you may have uh, you, you may have a connection to the email and some other things that you can you can do but that's the kind of a thing that the our data very clearly is showing that this divide in terms of the quality of the connection and connectivity um, is uh, surprisingly large in different parts of the the world and certainly here in in Australia as we see this um, in in this study that we we uh, for example we hear from teachers how they often see that the poverty the the um, the social economic conditions where the children live and come <clears throat> come from to school is affecting heavily their ability to get connected and connectedness to the the learning activities or things that the schools uh, are asking children um, to do some teachers told us the that the educational divide between higher and lower performing students was increasing um, uh, and often these children have not so good habits or or developed habits um, learned at home when they come to school and they often don't kind of recognize the educational value of the the learning technologies that are used. Um, I, I guess the, the way to, to summarize this uh, sentiment among educators in Australia is that uh, often uh, technology is used as uh, entertainment or treat rather than tool to learn and uh, accomplish something. And the differences between uh, between the f- uh, families, um, according to this data, are visible in schools. Yeah, really interesting. And that kind of leads into my next question, because I'm hoping to talk about digital distraction now, because, of course, this is a really big concern for teachers around the country. In fact, the vast majority, or 85% of teachers in your study, believe that digital technologies are a growing distraction in the learning environment. What were some of the concerns raised by teachers regarding this distraction? And I'm also wondering what impact does this distraction have on students learning in the classroom? Yeah, you know, this is a, another great question, really. And, and I, I think we need much more, much more research and data um, about what this uh, distraction actually means. But the, the common sense, and again, this is, this is very, very visible in our data as well, is that that the um, 
when the the children are in a classroom with their devices there or when they're doing homework that they cannot really concentrate on on what they should be uh, doing the teachers for example in our data the survey they they told us that when when the classrooms are in process when the learning should be taking place through the through and with the teacher that the, the kids are not listening that they they cannot concentrate and their level of interest is often uh, declining uh, many teachers refer to uh, children having more difficulties in remembering things in the memory problems um, or even taking notes in a lesson uh, or unwillingness to to solve problems that require a little bit more effort so the the kind of a thing that the young people again according to the teachers in this data and the canadian data as well uh, shows that the the children seem to expect that everything should happen very quickly they 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 have difficulties to tolerate the boredom you know the moments when not much is happening or the moments when they should be thinking and and kind of a trying harder to work on the math or science problems um you know there was a there was a teacher one teacher who talked about this by saying that the students who spend most of their their home time engaging with the digital technology find non-technology related tasks at school irrelevant or even they said boring <clears throat> many teachers talk about students lack of interest in applying themselves to learning basic skills like handwriting or doing mathematical uh, calculations or computations by hand and many many other teachers spoke about students lack of focus on assigned work and even laziness at completing homework at time that the data very clearly clearly shows as well so if um, if the school work is not on a student's device or computer or smartphone it was a battle to engage students to do that so so those were some of the findings that we uh, we can read from the teachers and and principals responses here yeah and i'm going to read out some other figures to come from this report and you have mentioned some of them just now but 60 percent of teachers noted a decline in students physical activity 67 percent observed decreases in students completion of homework on time and 67 percent think the number of children arriving at school tired has increased but the one i'd like to talk more about now is the one on empathy 78 percent of teachers have noticed a decrease in student empathy and i found this so interesting so could you tell me a little bit more about that one uh yes of course the uh, you know the declining student empathy as we saw this um, in in our research was something that we didn't really anticipate to come through so strongly um, this this is something that was a was an issue in the canadian study a few years earlier but you know showing such a high rate of uh, declining empathy uh, was a surprise uh, at the same time however if if you look at the some of the studies particularly north north american research about the empathy there are clear indications that during the last 10 20 years the levels of empathy among young people particularly among the those who are enrolling in the higher education and colleges has uh, significantly declined um so in that way that was not the surprising thing but 
you know when we read the teachers responses and and certainly if you have conversations with teachers you can you can you can easily hear when teachers say that they um uh they feel that they are not so much uh respected anymore by students so certainly those teachers who have a longer career and we have about half of our teachers in this survey had been teaching or in education more than 20 years so so they can see this trend and and many this is what this, the teachers also say that many of the students uh, often they consider themselves in their view they only consider themselves in the view of uh, of the world and some teachers even describe the students as apathetic uh, so i i think that this is a really worrying thing and uh, again it's it's a very difficult to to you know put the the finger on the the children's use of media and technology i think this declining empathy is a result of many other things but certainly this indicates that we need to take a much more closer look at you know what is causing this declining empathy among young people not only here in australia but around the world really so that we can better understand what the schools could and should do and how parents could address this issue better we'll be back after this quick message from our sponsor You're listening to a podcast from Teacher Magazine, supported by Enhanced TV. Invite the world's leading educational storytellers into your classroom. Enhanced TV streams the best curriculum-linked movies, documentaries, and TV shows Australian television has to offer. As a non-profit service, our platform offers an affordable, teachers-only school plan, a favourite for primary schools. Take a free 60-day trial with a choice of two school plans at enhancedtv.com.au. Click on subscribe for full details. And another really interesting point to come from the study was that although students are spending more time on devices than ever before, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're using it in a sophisticated way. And I'm wondering, was that the sentiment from teachers as well? Yes, it was. And... Uh... Uh, again, it was one of the one of the surprising things uh, for us to to um, realize. Now, despite using di- digital technologies more than ever by young people, and there's a there's a lot of uh, statistics and evidence on that. This it seems like the 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 skill level uh, that children and young people have with their devices remains rather low and uh, has not kept in step with the the uh, increasing time that they spend with these uh, devices the um, students interest at doing more complex and sophisticated tasks or problems or or creating content was simply not there as we as we read the teachers uh, teachers responses and and many teachers show their their frustration uh, that they, they see their students just as passive users or consumers of the the media and uh, the the internet space rather than creating and doing something more in depth i must say that there there obviously there are exceptions to this so we we also hear, heard about wonderful examples from teachers where students for example were running podcasts or using technology really to to create new new things and new ideas but the the, the the big concern that the teachers show in our our data um, 
was the students that the students didn't really have the the good enough research skills um, and that the kids often choose to play games but they are not un, uh, they are not able to 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 search or use the technology to uh, analyze or synthesize um, the unique uh, issues that they find on online so I think you know these days it's, a, it's a also good to ask that how how well students are able to distinguish like real news or evidence-based information and fake news and and this seems to be one of the concerns um, among teachers as well that the heavy in, increasing heavy use and increasing uh, reliance on on information that's coming from the devices uh, you really raises this question that how well the kids are able to understand uh, how valid and reliable um, and factual this information is that there, there's a lot, lot of uh, a lot of evidence in our data that the this, this is something that the many of the teachers are are wondering now. Yeah, that's really interesting. And Pazi, one of the more alarming figures to come from the report was that almost all teachers noted increases in the prevalence of online harassment and bullying amongst their students. And I'm wondering, what did teachers say about their own preparedness to deal with these issues? And also, do they feel supported to manage them effectively? Uh, yes, you know this. This is again a kind of a surprising thing for me, uh, as somebody who recently moved to Australia from uh, from F Finland. I think, first of all, I've been surprised about the the kind of a magnitude of of bullying overall in uh, in schools here in Australia. It seems to be one of the big issues, and I, I very quickly learned here that. That you know, looking at my own children's school here in Sydney, or or visiting schools, that the, the the bullying and harassment issue is really something that the the everybody everybody is kind of a concerned about in the, in the school. But you know, this this is a, the big issue also when we look at the the data. And as as you say, that more than four or five teachers said that they have been dealing with the the online as uh, cyberbullying during the last 12 months um, uh, regularly. And so that's the, 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 it's a big issue. I think what the teachers are, are telling us in this, uh, in this survey and data is the, um, uh, that they are, they, they're kind of a concern about where is, the, where is the kind of a line between what the parents should be responsible for and what is, what is the educators, what is the school's uh, t task? Many teachers felt that the expectations on them to, you know, lead and take care of these issues uh, by the society and by the parents is not reasonable. They said that they were regularly called in to intervene in issues of bullying and harassment, even when the issues happened outside of the school. And, and uh, they were expected to help children to deal with these online habits um, and often they say that they, they are expected to do the, the job that is clearly a parent's uh, job. So so it seems like teachers are not specifically prepared to um, handle this, these issues and they, as I said, that they are they're often concerned about, you, you know, who in the end of the day is responsible for 
for the behavioral issues related to bullying and harassment. And this, of course, is, is something that goes beyond the, the online, the cyberbullying. This is, this is a, the more, more general issue about, you know, who should be dealing with these things. If you ask me outside of this research now, I think we need much more open conversation here between, between the schools and the, and the parents and the carers about you know how do we how do we make sure that our all our children are raised in a way that they they can live a good life afterwards and Pazi, i'm aware that i've focused a lot of my questions so far on some of the more negative issues to come from the report but despite all of them on the whole teachers said that digital technologies are useful in the classroom in fact 43% of teachers and principals believe that digital technologies enhance the learning and teaching activities rather than detract from them. And also interestingly, 60% of teachers believe technology has impacted the learning experience for students with disabilities in a positive way. Could you share some of the other positives to come from the report? Yeah, Rebecca, it's, it's a very important to uh, bring this issue as well. I think we, we probably need to begin these conversations by uh, looking at the positive things. And it's a, it goes without a, a question that the um, the many many teachers see the the benefits that the technology provides them with the with the work um, that they do with the with the children and I I think this is a very much uh, obvious now when the kids are not able to go to school and classes are cancelled cancelled that how much how much more the technology can do uh, compared to if we didn't have that one. Um, at all, so you know, I would put it this way: that teachers actually uh, love the the, uh, the the benefits that the digital media and and the devices that they they have can offer, um, and uh, they they often also understand that the technology is a tool, and it offers many many opportunities uh, for teaching and learning that wouldn't exist um, um, otherwise. You know, if we look at the, the data, what the teachers are actually writing there um, regarding the positive uh, uses of uh, of media and digital technology, um, as you say, that two thirds of the teachers believe that the opportunities to facilitate what we call inquiry based uh, teaching and learning that means that that we are expecting children to uh, you know dis- design or come up with their own. On problems that they want to study and then go and uh, and look for the information and exchange inf- information and communicate that with others and come up with some type of solutions or outcomes is much enhanced by the use of technology so that's what the teachers are um, are saying also most of the teachers Australian teachers in in this study that we are talking about uh, told us that the the, the students reporting uh, of their own learning and these projects that they do was much improved by the by the fact that they have they can use the the technologies so the the the, the devices that we have now in schools and at homes uh, help teachers to uh, also facilitate better communication and collaboration with uh, one another and with parents as well that is uh, obvious uh, at the time of this pandemic as well Yeah, and just finally, and I know you mentioned this right at the beginning of the interview, these findings from phase one will inform the development of a survey for parents, grandparents and caregivers 
and that will become phase two. And then the final stage, phase three, will involve capturing the views of young people. So when can listeners expect to hear more about phase two and three? Yes, we, we, as we speak now, we are, we are just finalising the phase two survey that will go to, to parents and carers, caregivers, and also grandparents. I think the grandparents are often a kind of a, a forgotten, uh, important group of educators for, for children. So we are asking same types of questions from, uh, from them in, in the second phase that will roll out as, as soon as this situation really allows us to do that. We understand that uh, now there are so many other things uh, that parents and grandparents need to worry about than answering our survey. So we need to wait, wait, wait a while. But I guess that within the next few months, when, when the situation is a little bit more normal than it is now, <clears throat> we are able to do that. So that will help us. Uh, that will bring us a kind of an another angle to these same questions of uh, how how media and digital technologies are changing and shaping the the children's lives and uh, well-being and affecting their well-being and and, and learning as well so the results out of this second phase survey would probably be available somewhere in november i would say and then the third phase that will kind of complete this uh, three cycle study that we are doing that will look at the the young young people uh, and children themselves will kick off soon after that so probably in about a year uh, in in the the early early winter next year we're going to have a kind of a first completed uh, picture of um, how young people in australia grow up in this digital world let me remind once again that this is not we are are not talking about causal study which means that we are not trying to prove that that some things that we can see in schools or at homes are happening because of the any particular reason we are, we are in the business of looking at correlations and then trying to understand what should we uh, do with this um, these findings and, and better understanding we we truly hope that that people would find this evidence that we are able to produce through this research not only this first phase but the others as well that it would help the, these conversations that we need to have more uh, and in a deeper way and more detailed way in our schools and homes and communities to really make sure that we can help our young people and children to live in this complicated and complex world uh, responsibly and safely and in a healthy way. Yeah, fantastic. Well, we'll be following the study with interest over the coming months and into next year as well. Professor Parsi Salberg, it's been lovely speaking with you. Thanks for sharing your work with Teacher Magazine. Thank you very much, Rebecca, and thanks for your interest as well, and um, stay safe. That's all for this episode. If you like this podcast and would like to listen to more from Teacher, you'll find us by searching Teacher ACER wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to the channel. It ensures that new podcasts land in your feed as soon as they're available. You'll also get a notification straight to your device, which is really handy for making sure you never miss an episode. You've been listening to a podcast from Teacher, supported by Enhanced TV. Subscribe to one of our new school plans, or free as an individual, using Teacher as the promo code. We're non-profit, we're for teachers and filmmakers. 
enhancedtv.com.au.